1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com Well Number two of the Bruce Woolley Show begins, and we've touched a nerve with our conversation about the federal student loan forgiveness that Joe Biden is uh, planning to announce this afternoon. Our number is 844-TALK-989, talk Two very good things happened yesterday. I'll share that news with you after I continue our conversation with Mike and Hilliard, and then I'll get to Mark and Ann. Hi, Mike. Uh, you were talking about your two sons, graduates of college, 2005-2007 and uh, both of them felt like they got their money's worth out of their college degrees. That's correct. And the additional um, what, what point I, you wanted to
2: make? Yeah, what I was getting at was the like the the interest rate at 6.8%. Um I think that if, if if the government's going to do anything, they should cap the interest rate and tie it closely to the prime or the LIBOR rate, whichever that would be. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And and make a small percentage. I mean, I understand there's administrative costs to come along with administering these programs. So, you know, you don't want it to be a giveaway program, but yet you also want them to make sure that they pay for their achievements.
1: Yeah, I think that would be fair. I don't think uh, that the federal government needs to make uh, the same amount that a private bank needs to make. Uh, But I also think that the number one thing that the federal government should do is figure out why. College costs have escalated. And I think college costs have escalated because colleges can do it. You know, uh, what, what was the famous line when somebody said, uh, why do you do this? Why do you climb a mountain? Because it's there. Right, why do college costs continue to escalate? Like if I told you, if I, told you I, found, I sound like an ESPN 30 for 30 promo. What if I told you that when Bruce Hooley went to college, at Ohio State University, yes, I'm sorry, I made a bad choice. My first quarter tuition, my first quarter tuition, my academic fees were $286, and my room and board for an on-campus dormitory was $569. Food and a place to lay my head, $569. So, so my first year at Ohio State, cost me less than three thousand dollars i got my degree from ohio state in four years for less than eleven thousand dollars that wouldn't begin to touch one semester's cost this year now that's been a while that's been a while 40 years but is there a reason why college costs are what they are right now yeah because they can they can get away with it mark in dublin next hi mark welcome to bruce Hooley show Hello, Mark. Are you with me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Sorry. I'm on the road. No worries. I'm not on the road. I just pulled over. Um, yeah,
2: I retired from the military 22 years, and I use my post-9-11 GI Bill, and it's going to throw some gas on the fire, but do I get
1: $10,000? Do you get it back? No, of course you do not get it back. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren was asked that question yesterday uh guy said I uh, you know i did all the right things i took a second job a buddy of mine went out and bought an expensive car he did all the wrong things uh do i get the money back and she's like no of course you don't and he's like well then we're all getting screwed yeah we're all suckers those of us those of you who paid your loans back and did it the right way you should have just been deadbeats and not paid your loans off
2: well people could always go in the military and, and uh do it that way
1: Yeah, well, I don't think Elizabeth Warren or her ilk has the toughness to uh, serve in the U.S. military, but I'm certainly thankful that you did uh, because um, that is the epitome of services. Laying down your life can be, of course, losing your life in military service, but laying down your life can also be laying aside, as you did and as others who serve in the military have done, laying aside their priorities or their want-tos in the moment to do what they need to do to either serve out of uh, a feeling of, Uh, gratitude or need, or because it's an avenue to get somewhere else. So I applaud the discipline uh, and the patriotism that that shows. Ann in Pataskala is next on the Bruce Hooley Show. Hello, Ann.
3: Hello, Bruce. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Love your show. Thank you, ma'am. I was listening, and I don't know who you're speaking with, but I think it was your co-host was speaking about his daughter and her loan.
1: Uh, It was Pam, yeah. Pam's daughter, yeah.
3: Okay. And so they mentioned that they were waiting to hear what was going to happen before they made any payments on their loan.
0: Correct. Right.
3: So uh, I think this is a moral issue. And while I understand the temptation to take government money, I think it's a moral issue. So there should be no question. You took out the loan. You pay the loan. You don't expect taxpayers to help you pay for your loan that you that you willingly took out. It was not forced upon you. Yeah.
1: Let Pam. I'll, I'm gonna. Say, I'm gonna let Pam answer that because that was yeah. her. Well, comment. I'll, I'll ahead, just Pam. say
3: the reason she's not making any payments is they keep postponing it, and she's afraid if she starts making payments, then she'll make herself not eligible for it. So she's in a mm. catch twenty mm. two.
1: I, I think that'd be a very difficult thing. Uh, because you know it's. I agree with the caller that it is the right thing because you took out the obligation. But I also agree. Like this was my dilemma on the stimulus check. Right? Like we call, qualified for a stimulus check, and I told my wife, "I hate the stimulus check. I hate it." Like that we don't, we don't ask for. Nor uh, do I want to take the fourteen hundred dollar stimulus check. But everybody else is taking it, and I pay my taxes. And I'm an idiot if I don't take it, because we needed it to pay bills. I've talked before, but we have private school tuition. Uh, we don't qualify for Ed Choice. And so that's a a sacrifice, but a willing sacrifice that we make. So there are these dilemmas where you can sometimes say this is, you can make the integrity case uh, on either side of the argument at times. Uh, did you know? That Ohio State's endowment, which is the big chunk of money that they have sitting there to draw interest on and to uh, pay for scholarships in the name of so and so, the interest on on endowment pays for recurring scholarships in all forms. Ohio State's endowment is six point eight billion dollars. Six point eight billion. It is among the largest endowments out there. It's not the largest. Harvard's is the largest, forty-two billion. Yale, thirty-one billion. Texas, Stanford, right around thirty billion. But the question that I would have is, if these universities have this money, why do they need to charge such exorbitant rates for their education? Uh Dean is next on the Bruce Woolley Show. Hi, Dean.
2: Hi, um, You know, instead of us taxpayers paying off the college loan debt, which we didn't create in the first place, why aren't the colleges and universities being forced to refund some of that tuition money back to the students? I mean, after all, they're the ones who charged the tuition in the first place.
1: Yeah, I'd be for anything that would eat into the uh, excessive (laughs) nature of universities. I mean, I'll just say that I used to make... Uh, almost daily trips to the Ohio State campus in the course of my job. Now I make very irregular trips to the Ohio State campus. And it seems to me that a large majority of the time that I venture onto campus, months apart at times, I'm like, what are they building there? What are they building there? Like, wow, where did this building come from? Like, they don't have any shortage of funds to build mammoth new buildings on the Ohio State campus. Yet their tuition keeps going up, going up, going up, going up, going up. I don't think it's a coincidence that those two things happen. And I think that, you know, look, you go to college, you get a degree you get a master's degree, you get a PhD, you want to teach, you think you should make X. Okay. But I also understand that college's costs have skyrocketed. And I don't necessarily think that decisions have been made on cost with any, any observance of adherence to a reasonable budget. It's been like, ah, do we want it? Sure, build it. Sure, build it. Go ahead, build it. Yeah. And if you can get people to donate the money to build it, okay, fine. But I think a lot of the uh, excess, and Ohio State's not the only offender. They're one of many offenders in this regard. I think the excess on college campuses uh, does not absolve the colleges of overcharging the students. Ernie in Westerville is next. Hello, Ernie. Welcome to The Bruce Hulley Show. Uh,
2: thanks, for, thanks for taking the call. I, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm going to take the, a different approach to this, uh, and, and that's sure. when you start paying credit cards. Mm-hmm. Remember that Congress passed that law 20 years ago. So much went to principal and so much went to interest, and they, you had that little pay on your statement that says, if you keep making this payment, you'll pay it off. Mm-hmm. Well, with when the student loan minimal payment came out, you can make a minimal payment based on your income, 150 times uh, 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 of, the min- of the country poverty level, and so what you end up doing is paying about 10 to 15 percent payment on the interest, and the rest of that continues to roll over in principle. And uh, there are numerous cases where uh, people take out a $60,000 loan, and 15 years later they owe $88,000 loan, and they've made over $80,000 in payments. Wow.
1: We have been taking your calls, and spirited calls they have been, on people's experience with the federal student loan program. I'm astounded the number of people in the state of Ohio who have uh, student loans and big ones too. Like the average is 35 grand. Uh, there are 18 percent of the 1.75 million people in the state of Ohio, one and three quarter million people in the state of Ohio have outstanding student loans. And, and 20% of those people are people over the age of 50. So that sparked, I mean, obviously that encompasses a lot of people and a lot of people uh, out there listening to the show on 94.5 in Dayton, ninety eight ninety answer in Columbus have a great deal of experience, great deal of viewpoints. And we want to avail ourselves of your viewpoint. So we were talking with Ernie in Westerville and Ernie was discussing the, uh, interest rate and the fact that a lot of people pay off a lot of money. Maybe they thought the principal of the loan find themselves still with outstanding balances. Ernie, you wanted to finish your point.
3: Yeah,
2: that's exactly correct. When you start thinking about a, a those uh, check-cashing places where you go on, you, you borrow $500 and yeah. somewhere around $6,000 let you pay it off. <laughs> well, that's exactly the antithesis of what's happening with student loans. Uh, you take somebody who the formula says... of the poverty level, any income you got left after that, you're only required to pay 15% of that towards the student loan. So you get these people caught into this mill where they're making these $500 payments or even $400 payments every month, and and they're doing this at the end of the year, and they still haven't touched principal. Mm -hmm. And so what they do is they take all of that extra interest and roll it back over into the principal. So you have these people who are in their 60s right now, in their high 50s, who have paid hundreds of thousands of dollars into the student loans, but they still that that they still owe that hundred thousand dollars?
1: Ernie, are you um, telling me something the federal government is involved in is a scam and less than honest?
2: Uh, you're, uh you know, I know <laughs> I'm just as shocked as you are, uh, but 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 it's happening, and, and so you know, the Republicans, the the bill that the Republicans report, it's like it's it's the what we're going to do is we're going to go back to your original amount that you borrowed take all your payments uh, that you've already made and apply it to the principal and add a 20% to that. So that will actually add a zero interest rate so that people can actually pay these loans off without having the government pay it off for them.
1: Now, Ernie, you're going to ask me to believe that Republicans are more physically responsible than Democrats. Yes,
2: yeah, no. There's, you know, I was I was raised in Akron, Ohio. I was raised a Democrat, uh, and then I uh, did eighteen years in the military, and uh, now I'm a staunch Republican. So wow. yes, sir, uh, I do believe they have my best interests at heart.
1: Well, Ernie, I appreciate your call. I appreciate your perspective. I certainly appreciate your service, and I appreciate that you're a thinking person who's not just married to. Oh, I've always done it this way. Um, I too, I too was raised a Democrat. And for me, the light went on when I got serious about my faith, and I realized that there is no possible way for me to be aligned with my faith in Christ and what He did for me in forgiving my sins via His death and resurrection. Could I ever be a party to a party that is pro-abortion? So that's where my political test begins. And if you don't pass that test... (laughs) then uh, I don't want to talk about your positions on any other policy. Uh, Speaking of abortion, I said there was good news. There is good news. A federal judge in Texas has temporarily blocked the federal government from requiring hospitals in the state to provide abortion services. The uh, Department of Health and Human Services, uh, which I would say under uh, Xavier Becerra and the... uh, lunatic transgender agenda of his HHS agency. I would de- term it the uh, Department of um, Human Mutilation. Uh, Becerra's group sued the state of Texas last month arguing that the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act, which is a federal law, um, does not require doctors or does require doctors to perform abortions. <laughs> Texas, of course, has a law against abortion, and so the state uh, of Texas pushed back against it, and a federal judge now advanced to the federal judge's place, and the federal judge has sided with the state of Texas. That's very good news. Now, we had a primary. We had several primaries last night. We had a primary in New York. We had a primary in Florida. And you say, well, why, why would we care about that, Bruce? Because I said I'm in the good news segment of the show. One of the guys who lost in the state of New York is Congressman Mondaire Jones. Now, I have mentioned Mondaire Jones on this show a time or ten because he is a fool. Mondaire Jones is a wannabe member of the squad. Uh, He is forever endorsing the wokest of positions, among the positions that Mondaire Jones advocates for is expansion of the Supreme Court, the complete obliteration of all federal student loan debt. And when he speaks of the Republican Party, Mondair Jones, and I'm reading it right off his Twitter, says that the Republican Party is, quote, a fascist movement meant to destroy American democracy. So I'm not sorry to see Mondair Jones lose. Uh, he is also uh, the type of representative who is always always playing the intersectionality card he will remind you first and foremost that he is a black gay man always black gay man first openly gay black gay black man to serve in congress that's mondair jones claim to fame besides the fact that he endorses uh crazy positions and now uh mondair jones claim to fame is that he was beaten by are you ready for the really super delicious part of this he was beaten by a Democratic rival uh, by the name of Dan Goldman. Dan Goldman is, he's a Democrat because he beat Mondaire Jones. He is the attorney who pressed for Donald Trump's impeachment. He's the guy who, like, when they do an impeachment in the House, they have actual attorneys present the case. Dan Goldman was the, was the attorney who presented the Democrats' case for impeachment against Donald Trump. He said, why are you rooting for him, Bruce? Because Trump endorsed him in the Democratic primary in New York. Donald Trump, who this guy tried to impeach, Trump said, he tried to impeach me, but he was fair and he'd be a great choice in New York. And so the delicious part of this is that a wokester like Mondaire Jones got voted out of Congress after one term and he was beaten by a guy endorsed by Donald Trump. Mm. Karma is a, can't fill in the blank for you, but in this case, it rings true.